What is happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Today is the 8th, May 8th, 2023. How was your weekend? How were the weekend bets? Did you end up above where you started? That's the goal, right? That's the goal. And uh, on today's show, like we do every Monday, we're going to go over our weekend bets. What did we do over the weekend? How were the weekend picks? And what was the final record? So we'll go over that on today's show. Special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is your headquarters for everything player props. They have daily fantasy-style games where you build a lineup of player props. So you enter these DFS games. You can build a lineup top to bottom with overs and unders. It's so much fun. So check them out online or download the app, Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD for a deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go over the weekend bets. We were 4-2 and two over the weekend. And remember, if you want the total record, total picks for the whole show, the first Monday of every month, we do that. So every other Monday, it's just the last uh, the last weekend. So this weekend, we were 4-2. and two. On Saturday, we went 2-1. and one. We had the Reds, minus 120 against the Chicago White Sox, that one. We had the Edmonton Oilers, minus 125 against Vegas, that one. And then we had under 4.5 in the uh, Sterling Cejudo uh, MMA headline fight. That did not come in. So 2-1 uh, and one on Saturday. Fast forward to Sunday, we went 2-1 and one as well. We won with the Florida Panthers, plus 110 against Toronto at home. They, they go up 3-0. We won with the uh, Texas Rangers, plus 105 against the Angels. And then uh, we lost with Minnesota, minus 135 on the road at Cleveland. So overall on the weekend, four and two. Now, if you followed the bet to win a unit system, you won 1.78 units on the weekend. So four and two up 1.78 units. Not a bad weekend and uh, pretty happy with that. Minnesota, you know, I mean, look, we can we can nitpick everything, but pretty happy with the weekend. Uh, let's look at the uh, Alabama head coach. This is wild what's happening here. So we talked about this last week on, on one of the podcasts, but Alabama's baseball coach who's been fired, uh, Brad Bohannon, was working and... All right, I have no idea what happened. Uh, we had an issue with the recording and I didn't realize till hours later. So here we are uh, redoing this. Anyway, uh, where were we? Brad Bohannon, Alabama's baseball coach was really the the crux of this whole gambling investigation with Alabama baseball. So here's what happened. Last week we mentioned it, but all the facts have come out. Here's what happened. Alabama, former Alabama head coach Brad Bohannon, was placing bets through a former high school baseball coach. So I'm not sure if it was... This is, this is what I haven't found out yet. Was it his former high school baseball coach? Was it a former high school uh, baseball coach in the area? I have no idea who this high school baseball coach was. There's not a lot about him in the stories I've read. But Brad Bohannon was placing bets through an ex-high school baseball coach, and this was happening in Ohio. And just like we thought last week, the reason why they got caught big bets, suspicious bets that weren't normally placed on Alabama baseball came in, which put up a red flag. And then, of course, like, you know, 45 minutes after these bets are placed, then it's announced to the public that uh, their best pitcher, their ace pitcher, was going to be benched. He wasn't going to play. And some relief pitcher who hadn't started in like a month was going to start. So obviously that moved the line. That was a huge red flag. And that's why U.S. Integrity, the company that found this, is is so important in sports betting moving forward. The identification of weird bets, fraudulent, or not fraudulent, but just weird bets that don't make sense, that's how all of these people are going to get caught. 
That's how everything's going to happen. If we can take you back to the uh, Tim Donaghy scandal. Now, some of you out there may be too young for this if you're like just getting going in betting in your early 20s, but look up the Tim Donaghy scandal. And if you want to hear more about this and, and learn really about this from all the parties involved, I recommend a couple different books. Gaming the and these are all on Audible. If you like to listen to your books, these are all on Audible. Uh, Gaming the Game is a book by Sean Patrick Griffin, and it talks about so much about the inner workings of the NBA betting scandal, how it came about, the main characters involved, and really it does a good job of painting a good picture of betting in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s and what it was like. I think it's a very interesting, fascinating book. And uh, Sean Patrick Griffin does a really good job telling the story about betting and then the uh, NBA betting scandal. And then also there's another book that uh, Tim Donaghy wrote himself called A uh, Personal Foul. Just Personal Foul. I didn't think this was as good. Now, I wanted to read this because I wanted to be fair to the story, at least for me. I wanted to hear both sides of it, and that's very important, obviously, right? You, You don't just want to hear for such a scandal and big deal like that. You don't just want to hear one person's point of view. I wanted to hear both. But my takeaway personally, and I would, you know, make the decision for yourself, but after hearing both books and hearing it, Tim Donaghy sounds like a whiny little bitch who won't own up to decisions that he made. Okay. And a lot of people think the biggest misconception, in my opinion, about the Tim Donaghy scandal is that it was one season. He was pressured into it by like the mob and mafia and Jimmy Batista and that, that didn't happen. Tim Donaghy was placing bets illegally on games he was refereeing more than four seasons before he was actually caught. Okay, I actually have a little quote from an ESPN, uh, ESPN article talking about this. It says here in the article, uh, there are many misconceptions about the Tim Donaghy scandal. Perhaps the greatest is this, that Donaghy was the ref who colluded with gamblers on the NBA or on NBA games for one disgraceful season. This is incorrect. According to a court document, Donaghy and Concanon placed their first bet on a game Donaghy was refereeing in March 2003, more than four years and four NBA seasons before he was caught. He started small. In that first March, he bet on only two or three games. The next season, though, his volume rose sharply. He made between 30 and 40 wagers on games he worked. Same with the seasons after that and the season after that. He did well, by, and this is still in the, uh, this is only one more uh, paragraph, but he did well. By Donaghy's own admission in his memoir, so much cash started rolling in that he had problems knowing physically where to stash it so his wife wouldn't start asking questions. This was more than four years before Jack Concanon got caught placing bets. So let's actually, if you're interested, here's what happened back then. And this re- references what we talked about last week, which I think is fascinating the way that Market awareness and market knowledge as a sports better goes a long way. We can win more. We can identify soft spots. But this is how a lot of other people do their job too, just knowing the market. This is how U.S. integrity and integrity companies are going to catch people making bad bets like they did in the Alabama situation. This is how you know Tim Donaghy got caught both by sports books in the end and initially by Jimmy Batista. So here's what happened. Jimmy Batista, who watched you know the market religiously, like I do, and every pro does every morning, he noticed that there were these five thousand dollar bets that Jack Concanon was making. Now this was in the eighties, uh, or excuse me, the nineties, and it was so much different than today. Everyone knew everyone. This was in the Philadelphia area where it was a very public scene. You had to know people to make your bets. That nothing was online. 
Okay, you didn't like log on to DraftKings and you know make your bet. You didn't go to Better Edge and just make your bet. You had to go see someone. So everyone knew everyone. So the idea that Jack Concannon was making these, I think it was $5,000 bets per game. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was. And they were crushing going like, you know, like 70 or 80% or something, that's going to get noticed real quickly by people who are following the money. So the, the people that you kind of need to know would be Tim Donaghy, Jimmy Batista, who I've mentioned a few times, uh, Tommy Martino, who is a friend of those two, kind of like those are the three that kind of like did the whole scheme. Tommy Martino, James Batista, he's called Jimmy and James, Jimmy Batista, and then Tim Donaghy. And then Jack Concannon kind of brings this all together. Jack Concannon was a friend slash acquaintance of all of those people in high school. So they all knew each other going back years in high school, all grew up in that, in that area, and they all knew one another. So it's not like they were just like a random person. They all knew one another. Okay. From, from, from high school, they either went to high school together, like played in high school and, and knew each other. So, uh, uh, Tim Donaghy, the NBA referee, was betting on his own games in 2003 through Jack Concannon. He would call Jack and have him place these bets. And then that's when Jimmy Batista started to notice. He's going, what the hell? Every All these $5,000 games that Jack's placing, they're going like 70 80%. What the hell's going on here? And then it didn't take long to put together two and two. And they're like, holy shit. These games are all refereed by Tim Donaghy. What the hell's going on here? So then, in a famous or infamous December 2006 meeting at Philadelphia's Air- at Philadelphia Airport's Riverbend Bar and Grill, that's where Jimmy Batista and Tommy Martino got in a car and offered Tim Donaghy $2,000 per game only if it won. And that's sort of the meeting that the stories start to diverge, right? Jimmy Batista, uh, James Batista says... Yeah, Tim was into it. He'd been doing this for years. He loved the idea of getting two grand a game. They all smoked, you know, weed in the car together, including Tim Donaghy. So, you know, this was his account, James Batista's account. And according to Tim Donaghy, his account is that he was pressured and bullied into it and they threatened his family. <laughs> it's just, just so going back and getting all the all the pieces from all the different parties, that to me seems silly. That to me seems seems pretty far fetched. Look, that's just my opinion. That's just my takeaway from this. But I think Tim Donaghy, like I said earlier, I don't really. He seems a little slimy to me, to be honest. But so this whole thing, I think it's fascinating. Again, you can you can hear this whole story if you want to read or listen to gaming the game. But that's how Jimmy Batista noticed this. He saw those bets coming in. He knew how the market worked. He put two and two together. He saw the referee was working all those games. He met with that referee, and before you know it everything was off and running. So that's how that happened. And, and look, my, my point of all this is market knowledge or just watching the market and knowing how it works or observing how it moves can tell you so many different things. I mean, if you wake up at 6 a.m. and just go to donbest.com, which is a very, very expensive subscription, like 500 a month, I believe, but that's why it exists for people who need it. Or like a lesser version would be pregame.com. Go to pregame.com for free and start watching those lines move at 6 a.m. It's like a stock ticker. You know, it's like uh, it flashes red if it's a move within two minutes. It flashes black if it's a move. You know, there's been money bet within five minutes. You can see where money's coming in. This is often how I can chase steam or identify where the steam's coming in. You just watch the market. It's not that tough. If the If it's football season... And the Kansas City Chiefs open up minus two on whatever it be, Monday morning, whenever, you know, the line would come out. 
and and they suddenly go to two and a half and then three and then three and a half. It's like, oh, whoa, a lot of money coming out in Kansas City. You can see. Oh, the Sharps are on KC this week. How do you know? Because right when it opened up, a lot of money in on Kansas City. Now, we're not going to get into the nuances of head fakes and, and dummy money and stuff like that, but you can tell a lot from watching the market, and you, you'll, you can learn a lot from watching the market and identifying what happens both before and after these moves. So um, a lot of stuff going on with this betting scandal. I mean, Alabama's head coach, these Iowa students. Uh, and by the way, I haven't talked about the Iowa-Iowa State thing because I'm just waiting until there's more facts, more information that's come out. What we know so far is that Iowa, I think, and Iowa State, I'm not exactly sure, they caught a bunch of student-athletes and potentially staff maybe making bets. I don't know. The investigation's going on right now, but all this happening, you know, this was actually probably to be expected. Young people, this this brand new toy in sports betting that's legalized in a lot of places in the country. You know, it's like anytime something's brand new rolled out, there, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be a lot of foul play like this. You know, I, I live in Denver, Colorado. When when they first legalized weed, trust me, the, the first couple months, couple, you know, year or two, there were some hiccups. There was some foul play, a lot of people doing nefarious stuff. They didn't know how it was going to work. And now, I mean, it's a pretty streamlined system in Denver. They get a lot of tax money is created. And, you know, but anytime you initially roll something, yeah, you know, you're going to have these hiccups. You're going to have these problems. There's going to, this is not the last time. You're going to hear about a player, coach, betting on or against their team. That's the fucked up thing, in my opinion, that Brad Bohannon bet on LSU. I don't know if we mentioned that. He bet against Alabama. That's the messed up thing, in my opinion, from this whole thing. Like, at least he didn't, you know, at least Pete Rose bet on the Reds, supposedly, allegedly, right? Like, at least these... uh, And, And here's the thing with LSU. Like we mentioned before, they were minus 245. I mean, how much cash did these guys get down? Minus 245. You're not bringing back a whole ton. That's why this got flagged, right? They probably bet five figures at least, at least 10 grand, at least on this game. And they're going, whoa, hey, Al, how much do we usually take on an Alabama baseball game? I don't know, 400 bucks, maybe 1,000. Well, someone just put a $10,000 single down on LSU and another parlay for five grand that involves LSU. Oh, shit, let's check this out, right? That's how these things go, so... All right, uh, that's it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.